Hey, what's up? It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree, Tuesday, the 7th of January, 2020. 2020. There it is. I've got to get used to saying that. You've got to get used to saying a year. I've seen a few people in the last week be like, it's 2019, and then correct themselves and be like, actually, it's 2020. And when I say a few people, I, of course, mean Luca Muller. I've seen you do that twice on stage. So... Maybe just live a little bit more in the moment, mate, rather than living in the past. I need to live in the moment a little bit more, I think. That's what my therapist told me. 36 seconds. That was how long it took for me to start talking about therapy. <laughs> oh, boy. How are you guys? You all right? hope everyone's having a good start to your year. I almost know for a, a, a sure fact that most of you are not having a good start to your year. Man, I mean, the fucking fire, this shit is insane. I'm very scared. Uh, I feel like today I'm kind of, and I mean, how selfish am I to say this, but I feel like I'm coming out the other side of it emotionally (laughs) Um, because, you know, it was so bad on Friday. It was so hot in Melbourne, but then we got a cool change. (sighs) And uh, on Saturday, it was quite a nice day in Melbourne, but uh, the rest of the state and southern New South Wales was fucking on fire. I woke up on Saturday morning, like I'm sure a lot of people in Australia did, and just were like... I mean, actually, I don't know. I don't know what the other parts of Australia are like um, in terms of whether they're following this as much. I know... It's it's so wild to... Uh, Friday is when the smoke really came to Melbourne. And uh, there's been fires for... I mean, fuck, I did... I talked about the fires on this podcast like six weeks ago um, when I got to the Gold Coast. So, like, there's been fires. And they've been burning that whole time. There's not been a, a break or a pause. But... Um, that whole time, I guess it wasn't really fucking very real for me because it wasn't in my city, you know. I got fucking emotional on Saturday, man. Friday and Saturday. Friday, I was kind of, I saw, like, I woke up and it wasn't that bad. But then walking to work, I kind of started to realize there was a bit of smoke. And by the time I got to work, first day back at work, um, the smoke was, like, it was clear. You just couldn't see down the street. And it was getting hot. It was a nice day, but then it was getting hotter. And, um... I was driving the van around. Uh, I drove from Moorabbin in the southeast of the city all the way up to Airport West in the northwest. It was like, even in the calm midday traffic, it was about an hour. And uh, it was a pretty hot day. It was like 30-something. And just driving through the city, man, and like not being able to see the buildings in the CBD on the horizon at all. Like, just they're being obscured. The thing when it really got me wasn't when I couldn't see them. Because when I couldn't see them, it's like, if you just can't see anything, you can't see how far, how close your vision is impaired. But what really made me realise how crazy the smoke coverage was in Melbourne was when I looked towards the city and I could see the outlines of buildings. And it's like, fuck, man. They're right there. Like, I can see how close they are. And I, I can see that I can't fucking see them at all. Was, the smoke was just crazy. And, like, it's almost a bit selfish. Or it just, it speaks to, like, fuck, man, how 
cognitive dissonance plays such a huge part in our emotional reactions to shit like this because I've known that the country has been on fire for six weeks and like I even you know hear stories about people in Sydney dealing with smoke that by all reports is worse than the smoke that we've had in Melbourne and uh, and seeing all these you know like monuments Sydney Harbour and the bridge and the opera house and you can't see it because of the smoke and that's my country but I couldn't like I just, I didn't it didn't hit home the reality of it and how huge of a thing it is until it was my city and I was driving around in it like even in Adelaide when the fires were burning in the hills and I was there for a day and the smoke was pretty thick um like I was in it but it just I was like I'm flying back to Melbourne so it doesn't really matter it's not my city and I don't have to deal with it you know I can run away and be somewhere else and so on Friday when I woke up and the white smoke was there, I was just like, fuck, man, this is this is where I live. This is my city. This is where I have to stay. And, like, there's no running back to anywhere else or being anywhere else to get away from the smoke now. This is it. And if there's going to be smoke here, that's just the reality of my life, you know. And um, it it's quite harrowing to realize that even though this is my country and – I could see all of the stuff happening in Sydney. It still took it coming to where I'm at for me to actually have an emotional reaction to it and to, you know, realize the gravity of the situation. Because if that's what it took for me, then what hope do we fucking have of of getting the rest of humanity to get behind this? Unless everyone is dealing with some crazy shit, like unless every city in the world is having to deal with this. And so, I mean... Fuck, dude, I I was talking to someone who was from, where did they say, they're from Delhi, I think, and uh, this lady said, you know, it reminds me, I, I felt like I was at home and it made me really sad because I've never felt like that in Melbourne, and, uh, you know, as much as that's her being like, oh, I'm sad, this sucks, it shouldn't be like that, part of me is like, fuck, man, if that made you feel at home, if it made you sad because you're like, Melbourne shouldn't be like Delhi, Delhi shouldn't be like Delhi. I mean, I didn't know Delhi was like that. I mean, I did, but I just don't fucking think about it. We're so fucked. We are so fucked. If if what it's going to take for me to really take seriously the threat of bushfires destroying people's homes is for me to not be able to see the fucking skyscrapers when I drive down Elizabeth Street, you know? Like, what hope do we have of making this real for people in London and New York and, and, and Africa and, like, anywhere, you know? What hope do we all have of banding together? It's really this fucking week, man, has really made me feel very hopeless in a, like, in a grand existential way. Personally, I feel great, you know? I'm excited because I've got Perth Fringe coming up. I've started my promotion for it. Thank you to everyone who's bought tickets to the show by the way, uh, sitting on 25 for the run now, which is pretty good, I think. I've got tickets sold for the first three nights. I've started messaging influencers on Instagram. Fucking, <laughs> it's hard to get the tone of these emails right, man. I'm like going on brunch bloggers things like I was about a year ago and going, I really think you would enjoy my show because it speaks to the themes of self-improvement and identity that I can see that you're really trying to explore in your pictures of eggs every day. <laughs> control C, control V. Bah! Thank you for coming to my show. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nah, you're all beautiful people. Um, yeah, I've been messaging these bloggers. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping some of them will come and, and, and fucking do stories about the show. I was good last year. A couple of them I still follow, you know? I would like to... I would like to... Actually, I might interview... I want to try and interview, like, one of these big brunch bloggers about being a brunch blogger, you know? But it'd be hard because I've... I'm not... I've been thinking a lot about the way we express ourselves through different mediums because I was listening to someone on a podcast this morning talk about that, about um, the way that their comedy is different to their, uh, their like, podcast is different to their writing, is different to what... Oh, no, it was Jack Druce talking about it in his email. Oh, my God, the incomparable Jack Druce. Fuck, so funny, so great. F- subscribe to, I think I've talked about it on this podcast before subscribe to Jack Drews's email if you don't already because that dude is fucking funny and smart and great and he was talking about the way that his the tone of his different media when he expresses himself the tones are all different you know and um, uh, what was I talking about podcasts yeah I, the, I feel like on Instagram people are so positive and these brunch bloggers are so stuck in this tone of positivity and everything's great and oh my god so yummy a kai bowl i love it so much you have to come to this new place that i just found with me and my friends and we go here every day yum 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 you know so they can get their fucking partnerships and uh i want to interview one of them but i don't want to talk to that person I want to talk to the person that I know is behind that person. Surely there's some cynicism that we could uncover, you know? I think it's just uneasy to to fucking... It makes me feel uneasy to see someone displaying that level of enthusiasm about fucking vegetables in a bowl, you know? But I want them to come to my show. It's weird, man. I want them to come to my show and I don't want them to think that I don't respect the thing that they, they do, but also, on a very real level, <laughs> I don't respect the thing that they do. <laughs> but it is, like, it's nice. I like to go and have brunch, you know? And that's great if you can go and have brunch and then somehow get paid to do that. Sick. But, shut up. <laughs> like, I just can't. Man. Oh, it's so bright and colourful. It's like, surely you hate someone. Surely, you know? Surely, every now and then, these fucking brunch Instagram bloggers turn up to a cafe and go, fucking this bullshit again. Oh, my God. Fucking this go Really? Really, you put a fucking this sauce on some salmon and you put it on top of an egg and rock it with a bit of lettuce. You're a genius. Like, surely they have to get cynical about the things that they're reviewing. But the tone of the thing is always so excited. I don't know. It astounds me that that level of, like, that lack of cynicism is allowed to exist in the world. I'm like, why isn't one of the people that is in this fucking commenting on how crazy it is and how fake it is. I don't fucking know. Anyway, please come to my shows, Brunch Bloggers. I'm excited about the shows, but all week I've just been thinking about the fires, man. Woke up on Saturday morning and I knew as soon as I woke up, I was like planning a you know big day of admin and I got a bunch of stuff done, but oh, not nearly as much as I would have liked to because I just had my phone next to me. I should have just turned my phone off, but a part of me felt like I was duty-bound to always be checking uh, 
you know, the progress of the thing and and like trying to think, okay, what friends of mine do I have with that might have family or that are from the areas affected? I got a few friends who are from out in, in East Gippsland area or the south coast of New South Wales where there's big fires and just trying to make a point of being like, let us let me contact them and see if they're okay. That's a part of me trying to be a better cunt, you know? Trying to be a better cunt? Is that really how I'm going to talk? <laughs> I want you guys to know that as I said that, I rolled the sleeve of my T-shirt up on my right arm like like I'm about to step in a big fucking truck and drive across the desert. <laughs> That's why I was like, this is me trying to be a better cunt. <laughs> I'm trying to be a better person. I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to pay attention to the people around me more. Um, trying to notice my friends and listen to them and ask them questions and, and be interested in, in the things that they say and their answers and their stories and blah, blah, blah. And a part of that is me thinking about, okay, who's affected by these fires and let me let me message them and see how they're doing. See if they want to say anything. See if they want to talk about it, what it is. So uh, messaged a few people. And I was sitting there all day doing my admin and, and, uh, you know, some people are fucking going through some shit. My, my, you know, honestly, my heart goes out to anyone who's like genuinely been affected by these fires, man. Cause it is crazy. And, uh, I mean, all day I was just getting angry as I'm sure a lot of people were at, at fucking, I was about to say Malcolm Turnbull at Scott Morrison's pathetic responses. I can't even summon the energy right now to start talking about that because the guy's a, a coward. He's not fit to lead this country and he's not actually leading the country. He's, he's our leader in name alone, but he's not done fucking anything. It seems like every single day he comes up with a new way to embarrass himself and embarrass the office of Prime Minister of Australia. However, I did... Um, I, I mean, there's, you know, there's like fucking oh i cried i cried a little bit actually that caught me by surprise there was this one moment i was watching the news live um on abc for a bit on youtube you you can watch the news on youtube what a world um and there was uh this fucking got me man there was a family uh it was a it was two mums like from different families not like they weren't like a lesbian couple, there were two mums with, uh, they evidently live near each other in this small town and they had their kids there. There's like four or five kids standing around them and they're being interviewed and uh, both of these ladies, their husbands had stayed back and so they were talking about what they did in the morning and the, the news reporter talked to the kids and then they were like, okay, and I guess the the, uh, the guys have stayed back to defend the houses and they're like, yeah, they have and, you know, we tried to get them not to but there was intent on it and the news reporter was like... If you, if do you have any message for, for your husbands, you know, out there, and uh, they were just like, fucking, cracking voices, just like, please be safe, please. And it's like that's what's happening. <sighs> you know, it's f- fucking horrific, man. And I feel like there's uh, I've uh, probably most people in the cities feel just like, what the fuck do I do? I can't fucking feel like I can do anything. I donated 50 bucks to a charity. I talked to a bunch of people, you know. It's just 
people who live in the city screaming at each other in caps over WhatsApp going, going oh, I'm so mad right now. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Oh, uh, well, do you know anyone out there? I do. Do you know anyone that I do? Oh, I hate the Prime Minister. And, you know, nothing fucking... There's nothing we can do other than just fucking sit in the cities and try and take a shorter shower, you know? Like, conserve water, plant a tree... Fuck. <laughs> buy like the buy the more expensive milk. Fuck. Um. So yeah, my friend sent me this link to a thing, um, about uh, she's really concerned with animals dying, koalas, and I don't think I'm concerned with that. Uh, I don't know whether this is right or wrong, but I don't feel like I'm concerned about that. On a like, it's not intrinsically bad that animals are dying. For me, it's bad because of the way that it affects humans, you know? Um, but it definitely does, and it is incredibly awful that so many animals are dying in these fires, and um, the WWF charity was uh, talking about saving koalas and, and, and whatever by planting more trees, and I think more trees is good, so I gave them a bit of money. I think a good thing to do um, that we can do living in the city is, like, putting on events. I don't know if it's naive of me to think that that's probably the best thing that we can do with our energy and anger and, and whatever about these fires is like comedians, people in the community are putting on shows and we can go to those shows and donate and, and just be there. I think, and I think putting on shows, I was talking to a few people putting on shows is such a cool thing because it gives people like me who feel so impotent and full of all of these emotions and energies, it gives us somewhere to be and something to go to and something to do and to fucking, you know, get those energies out rather than just like I donated the money but it didn't feel like I did anything. I just have 50 fewer dollars in my bank account. Um, but going to a show is like, all right, I can go there pay the money, whatever the ticket is, it doesn't really matter, no one you know, that's not the point, you just pay whatever it is, watch the show, feel good, enjoy a thing, and then also be around other people who are just as concerned as you are about this awful fucking shit that's happening, and in a way, it's like therapy for us, you know, <sighs> and still people are out there fighting the fires, and they're fucking they're having a way worse time than us, and they don't get to go to a comedy show, I don't know, I don't fucking know. Um, one friend of mine, uh, from Canberra, uh, I think I can say, I won't say her name, but, uh, she, she works for, I won't even say the name of the company, but she works for a company, one of these companies who it's like a happy high herbs type company, but it's not that, but it's one of those, you know, they make, uh, it's like one of these companies that somehow operates within the bounds of the law, but sells paraphernalia for like smoking weed and trades off of that whole image and they sell, you know, from my recollection of the times that I've been in there when I was like 15, like dead Kennedy's gear and fucking big ass piercings and shit that I'm like, who, what fashion is, what subculture is this representing? You know, who is walking around every now and then I'll walk through the city and see like one dude still rocking the emo look from 2005 with his hair all down and he looks sad and he's got like a, a fucking skivvy and like a hoodie on with like knives drawn on it and it's 35 degrees. 
<laughs> you're like, oh, you're shopping at Happy High Herbs, brother. Good for you, man. Didn't know they were still doing it. Fair play. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't work there. She works at a different one. Anyway, it's one of those shops. And uh, they're, um, they're, they're like warehouses in Canberra. And obviously Canberra is right in the middle of all the fire. How insane is that? That the capital, which to be fair, people internationally don't know that that's the capital of Australia. It's like Washington, D.C. But it is. It's the fucking capital of Australia. And it is surrounded by bushfires right now. It has the worst air quality rating in the world, of anywhere in the world at the moment. And it's been covered in smoke. They've been rerouting flights, the whole shit. And um, also because of that, the warehouse for this company, they can't get their merch, their stuff that they sell. They can't get it shipped out to the right places. And uh, my friend was telling me they had someone call in. How's the fucking callous or just... I've been trying to think about what this is, what this person is, what's going through this fucking person's head when they make this call. Someone called up and said they'd placed an order and it wasn't, it was late, the delivery was late and uh, they were calling up to be like, I want my delivery cleared from the bill, I want that refunded so I'm just paying for the item and not the delivery because it's so late and my friend's explaining to this person, well, the reason that it's late is because all of the roads out of Canberra where our warehouse is have been closed because of the fires and the smoke and it's a health hazard and it just there's fires, mate. Are you aware that the country is on fire and this fucking cunt just wouldn't fucking drop it? It was like, no, I want my shit discounted. And it's like, man, like everyone's fucking looking for a bargain, but um, there's no way that dude is donating to charity, isn't it? But surely he can at least have a fucking heart to be like, I'm not going to donate to charity. My charity is I will allow myself to pay for the shipping of this product, which is the bare minimum that you can do, isn't it? I know everyone's having a tough time with these fires, so what I'm going to do how I'm going to contribute is I'm not going to be a cunt to someone on the phone whose job has been made infinitely harder because of the fires. How about that? You know? Fuck, dude. I mean, how does that dude know that, like, people's lives aren't fucking in danger? Like, yeah, sorry, man, we couldn't get your bong to you because uh, the dude that drives our truck didn't want to drive through fucking several kilometres of of burning bushland to get you your fucking dumb cunt pipe with the shape of a skull on the end. And I loved this so much. My mate was like, yeah, so he wouldn't drop it. So we just went, you know what, man, don't worry about it. Canceled the whole order, refunded him all of his money and went, you just can't buy shit off of us. How sick is that? I didn't even know companies were allowed to do that. Fuck you. You're being a dick. You just don't get your stuff. <laughs> I love that, man. Someone's been such an asshole that they have forced a faceless company to develop a face for a second just for long enough to mouth the words, fuck you, loser, and then turn back into a pile of numbers and tax forms. <sighs> I kind of want to, um, as like a tribute to them, buy something off of them, but I don't really smoke weed. I went on their website and... Uh, <laughs> I thought this is pretty funny. The closest thing that they have to something that would be useful to me was those like NOS fucking charger things that, you know, you fucking 
screw the NOS canister in the end and you suck the NOS out of it and that's like your drug. But I don't do NOS. But I might maybe start making some cakes and use it for its original purpose of whipping cream. So just like start baking cakes and do the whipped cream and the frosting and shit on the top with this Nosolator with like green fluoro pixies and stuff on it in the honour of the company that told some douchebag to fuck off because he wasn't empathetic about the fires. Oh. Um, I got this one story to tell, do I? Yeah, I got a great one to tell actually. Um, What else was I going to talk about? I don't fucking know. I, I know everyone. I've just been trying to. I've just been trying to get friends of mine on the other side of the world to like understand the scat because I know they don't. Even though I'm sure, like, no one's trying to ignore it or whatever. But um, you know, like, I just know that people, from my experience of not understanding until I, you know, the Sydney thing and not understanding how serious that was until Melbourne was smoky. I'm like, I got friends, my friends in Paris and London and Berlin and wherever. And and I'm like, I know for a fact that they don't care as they don't understand how serious it is. Like they just don't. Um, so I've been talking to people and trying to get them to understand. And I think, God, this is so uh, self-indulgent, but I think doing that, I think I spent a lot of emotional energy doing that, you know, having the same like trying to kind of up my reactions to people, trying to be like, you don't understand, it's my city. I was saying things like that. It's my city. So fucking dramatic. This is my city, man. This is my fucking home. This is where all my memories are kept. (laughs) Um, Am I doing that to try and help them understand or am I doing that because it feels nice to be able to say such self-indulgent things to people and have them be like, oh, are you okay? (laughs) Maybe I just want to make the fires about me. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) the things i've been saying to people in private facebook chats (laughs) oh my god that'd be funny what is the most self-indulgent thing that you have said to someone in a chat about this tragedy this week like i feel like on some level everyone's a little bit like if you if you let yourself if you really forget yourself for a second maybe we all need that but it's it's very easy to just fucking make it about yourself isn't it to i i saw my city covered in smoke and that was when i knew that our world was never going to be the same <laughs> oh yuck and it's like while I'm fucking writing poetry to my friends in Scotland, people's houses are on fire. Some lady took the remains of her burned house, took them to Canberra and dumped them in front of Parliament. That is a fucking badass move, man. A big fuck you to Scott the Cunt Morrison for doing absolutely nothing. nothing. And, and f- taking funding away from the firefighters. This year and being warned about the fire season in April and fucking less funding. Less. Oh, my God. And the ad that he put out about we have deployed the army reserves to help fight the fires. I was like, yeah, cunt. You are having the correct reaction 
for your position that you get paid to be the leader of this country and you're just doing your fucking job. Oh my god! Imagine if I fucking released an ad every time I went on stage and and just fucking did fine, opened the show at at Catfish and had a pretty good set, and then went on Facebook and was like, "Well, guys, I went out tonight and I did my job, and I really think I earned my twenty bucks for that seven minute spot tonight that I wanted to do anyway. That I I really just want to do it because I like people looking at me." But I just want everyone here to know, and I'm actually using the money that you guys paid to the show. We're not paying the other comics because I just wanted to let everyone know with that money that I did my job tonight. I did my spot. All right? So you can send your thank you letters to whatever the address of Parliament House is. What a fucking cunt, man. Honestly. Do your fucking job and shut the fuck up about it. Ugh. Anyway, this is a nice thing that happened to me this week. This is uh, um, this this dude at work, uh, J Hat. His name is, um, his name's John. His last name starts with the letters H A T. So his friends call him J Hat, and he allowed me to call him that because, uh, in his words, I am his newest friend. Isn't that lovely? Um, we've been just fucking, you know fucking around at work and whatever, working together. It's fun. I feel like I made a new friend. And uh, one thing that we've been doing, I can't remember whether I, I don't think I've talked about this on the pod. Uh, every day we have lunch and uh, at lunch he'll ask me for a joke. So I've been telling him a joke every day because I'm a comedian and that would lead you to believe that I know a lot of jokes. And you know what? I don't at all actually. Jokes, very, very difficult. I've got a few that I like. Uh, that I can tell people and they'll laugh. I've got a few that I like that I'll tell people over and over again, but no one ever laughs at them because I can't tell them right. And then and then there's just a bunch of other jokes that I don't know that I have no business with. Um, I made it about three days. I was telling them jokes. And then after that, I'm like, well, I'm struggling. Uh, but it's just a nice moment. You know, we have lunch. We sit there in silence for 10 minutes, eat our food. And then at some point, Jay Hat will be like, all right, man, where's my joke? And I'll tell him a joke and we'll start talking and it's nice. And on Thursday night, I messaged him. I was like, hey, man, ready, ready to uh, come back to work? I'll see you at work tomorrow. And uh, he goes, yeah, man, bright and early. I'll get the coffees. I was like, oh, you're a jam. I'll have a fucking single origin long black. What a joy. That was actually, that was so sweet. He was like, I'll get the coffees. I was like, man, I actually can't wait to see John. That's so nice. And he goes, get your joke ready, man. I've got a joke for you tomorrow as well, so you better have your joke ready. And uh, I'm like <laughs> trying to think of a joke. Also going like, you know what? I don't have a joke. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm not going to, I'll think of something or I'll do whatever. But just excited to see John. Get to work. The next day, the smoke, the fires, the fear, the smell of terror permeated the thick Melbourne air. It was the 3rd of January, 2020. And um, get to work and John's not there. He is not there. He's not there for the first half hour. And eventually I get to the other dude that I work with and I go, Hey man, um, do you know where John's at? And he goes, oh, didn't you hear he got that job that he was gunning for working in the ice rink? Uh, John wanted to get a job marketing this fucking ice rink, which is a sick job and that's what he's into, but isn't that absurd 
to be the marketing coordinator for a fucking... Do you know that they had that in Adelaide? There was Mount... The- we used to have Mount Thebiton because Thebiton is the name of the inner city suburb where they installed a snow machine and a, a steep slope that you could toboggan down when I was a kid. Um, it never occurred to me that Mount Thebiton had like a head of marketing, you know? Someone came up with the name <laughs> Mount Thebiton and then they changed it. <laughs> they changed it when I was like a teenager. They changed it to the Snow Dome. <laughs> Someone went, you know, Mount Thebiton, it's really appearing to, uh, appealing to more of the 30 to 45s and we really want to get that 18 to 26 demographic. We want to have the Triple J's in here, man. So they renamed it the Snow Dome. <laughs> oh, fuck. I hope it's called something else now. I hope it's called the Ice Pyramid. I mean, there's got to be a better. <laughs> but anyway, so Jay Hack got the job there. And uh, I'm like, oh, shit. So he's not, he's done working for us. And I messaged him. I said, uh, is the joke you not being here? And he just replied with, sometimes we, and then a smile emoji, sometimes we smile emoji to hide frown. Sometimes we laugh emoji to hide crying emoji. That was it. Sometimes we smile to hide frown. Sometimes we laugh to hide crying. He was making the joke. He was like, you know, sometimes we make jokes because I didn't want to tell you that I'm actually not going to be coming back to work anymore, man. And and how wild is that? That that's the last. That's the last that I'm ever gonna see that dude. I love it. I I really like. I replied to him. I just said, "Well, John, congratulations. You have absolutely nailed that goodbye." And then I said, "And congrats on the ice rink job." So I heard question mark, and that question mark is definitely indicative of like, oh, you know. So I heard. Do you want to tell me about that? Maybe we can talk. We'll have a little conversation. Sorry. There was a spider on my wall. Anyway, let me get back into character. Maybe we can have a little conversation. <laughs> or maybe we can have a little bit more of a chat about this ice rink job that you have procured on your own steam and tenacity. And uh, he didn't reply. And uh, tell me if I'm thinking about this too much. I think I am. But I think it's not. I think that's his way of being like, uh, that's that's it. That's the perfect ending. Sometimes we smile because frown. Sometimes we laugh because we cry. That is the perfect goodbye. And anything past that would, would ruin it, wouldn't it? It would sully the waters of that perfect bang cut off. And I'm sad because I'm like, I don't think I'm ever going to talk to that dude again. But what's the alternative? Like, we just have coffee. He could be one of those people in my life who I like kind of keep up with, who I have a lot of affection for, but our lives are just so different now. It's like, are we going to see each other? Maybe fucking or not once every 18 months until one of us dies, you know? It's nice to have those friends, and I guess like he is at that level now. That's it. That's the level now. I'm sure I could message that dude and, and go for a coffee, but I don't know. Sometimes keeping friends seems so futile, doesn't it? It's like, what are we doing here? What is the point of having distant friends? I don't know. It's nice to have people around that you know and you can talk to and they're 
I don't fucking know, man. It just it really got me, that goodbye, man. It really fucking sucker punched me in the gut. It was like um, fucking years ago when I when I was staying in a hostel with this fucking English dude and he was leaving. I was 21 and he was leaving to go up to Darwin or whatever and I was like, are you going to be back? And he just went, never! And we laughed and then he left and he never came back. Like he was making the joke, but he was also being real. He was like, no, I'm not coming back, man. You're never going to see me again. This is it for us. <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate the, I don't know, it's like bold and it's like beautiful to be like, that was our time. That's what we had. We enjoyed it. What are we hanging on to? Done. Anyway, that's the podcast for this week, man. I guess I, should, I could say that, you know, this, this podcast is a lot like my friendship with J-Hat. We've had our fun, and I think it's time to let go. So thank you very much. It's been Aiden Jones, sitting under a tree. Thank you.